Hello, I'm Gary and this is episode 54 of EV Musings, a podcast about renewables, electric vehicles and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. On the show today, we're talking charge curves and speeding up your charging experience. Before we start, I just wanted to see if you like the little advert I dropped in at the beginning of last week's episode, just something I've been playing around with for a couple of days. I recorded it and included it to see what sort of reaction I get. A couple of nice responses on Twitter. Seems I made a few people laugh. Excellent. Our featured topic today concerns flattening your charge curve and getting the best possible charge speed for your vehicle. Imagine the situation. You've purchased a car like an iPace, for example, which has a top charging speed of 100 kilowatts. You head to the nearest Ionity charger, take out a second mortgage in payment, plug in and wait to see this spectacular 100 kilowatt charge, and it doesn't get above about 65 kilowatts. Naturally, you're going to be disappointed. If your car can charge at 100 kilowatts and you're on a 350 kilowatt ionity charger, you'd expect to get about 100 kilowatts, right? Wrong. Today we're going to explain why this is wrong and what you need to do to make it right. In last week's episode, we discussed how larger batteries rely on having higher powered chargers to reduce the amount of time they spend at a stop. If you've got an 80 kilowatt hour battery like the iPace, it's going to take almost 90 minutes to charge on a 50 kilowatt charger, but it's not quite as straightforward as that. Saying this charger outputs at 150 kilowatts and my car accepts 100 kilowatts, so it should be able to charge at 100 kilowatts all the way through is inaccurate. It relies on things like battery voltage and the charge curve. The fact is that something like a BP ChargeMaster high power charger, for example, will rarely charge your car at 150 kilowatts. Even if your car can accept such a high level charge, and many can't, it will only charge at that level for a relatively short time. Even the fabled Tesla superchargers with speeds of 250 kilowatts will only charge at that rate for a short while. Sure, you might get 100 miles of range in 10 minutes when you first connect, but you won't get 200 miles of range in 20 minutes. Charging doesn't work like that. The recharge dance is a delicate interplay between several different factors. State of charge of your battery, its temperature, the maximum charge speed of your vehicle, and the actual charger that you're using itself. These different variables all fit together to determine how fast your battery will charge at any given point. When the variables change, your charge speed will also change. So let's look at these different variables. We'll start with the state of charge of your battery. Every EV has what's called a charge curve. This is a profile which defines the maximum speed that the battery can charge at for any given state of charge. It's a simple graph which has charge speed on the vertical axis and state of charge on the horizontal axis. Generally, when the state of charge is low, charge speed will be high. As the state of charge increases, the charge speed will change and drop down. In our episode on charging, links in the show notes, we talked about the football stadium analogy for filling your battery. Filling the first 40 to 60% of the seats in an empty stadium is quite quick as everybody can just stream in and find an empty seat. But once you hit a certain percentage, it becomes harder to find an empty seat, so the rate of filling slows down. The same happens in a battery, but in this case, the rate is controlled by the battery management system. It does this to protect the battery and reduce degradation. Curves for various vehicles and their associated batteries can be found on the EV database. Again, the link is in the show notes, and it's well worth having a look to find yours. The reason is that not all charge curves are the same. Some stay high for a while and then reduce gradually until they, the state of charge hits 80%. Others start off high, but then step down at set intervals to lower charge speeds. 
Let's go back to our Jaguar I-Pace example. The charge curve on that stays fairly constant at the top charge speed until the battery hits about 30% full. Then the charge rate drops on a fairly continuous curve until it gets to 80% charge, and then it drops quite quickly. The Kia e-Nero, however, charges at top speed until it hits 40% charged, then it steps down a few kilowatts and stays at that speed until about 55%, another step down in charge speed until it hits 70%, at which point it then starts to throttle quite quickly. By the way, these are curves for HPC chargers, not standard 50 kilowatt chargers. Knowing where you are on the charge curve is always useful when charging. Then we have the temperature of the battery. Regardless of the charge curve your vehicle has, if the battery is not at the right temperature, you won't get the top charge speeds. And you'll notice I said at the right temperature rather than hot enough. And this is because the battery is a bit of a Goldilocks when it comes to temperature. If the battery is too cold, the charge rate will be reduced and drivers in places such as Scandinavia where the winter temperatures can be quite severe are acutely aware of this. If the battery is too hot, the charge rate will be throttled. I'm looking at you, Nissan Leaf, with Rapigate. But if the battery is at just the right temperature, the speed will be optimal. So how do you get your battery up to speed? There are several ways to get a battery to the right temperature. The main way is to actually drive your vehicle for a distance. With cars that have battery temperature management, this should bring your battery to the right temperature. Tesla have gone one step further, as they always tend to do. If you navigate to a supercharger using the in-car sat-nav, the system will switch on battery heating elements as you get closer to the destination. This ensures the battery is at the optimum temperature when you arrive. Vehicles without battery cooling, such as the Nissan Leaf and the e-Golf, will suffer from high temperatures if you've driven them for a while, which will affect the charge speeds. Unfortunately, there's not a lot you can do about this, except hope the heat dissipates quickly or the outside temperature remains low. Now let's talk about the battery's maximum charge speed. Every EV has a figure for the maximum speed at which the battery will charge. The e-Nero is 77 kilowatts, the i-Pace is 104 kilowatts on a 150 kilowatt charger. Uh, the granddaddy of high-speed charging is of course the Porsche Taycan. That can reach 262 kilowatts on an Ionity 350 kilowatt charger, 175 kilowatts on a 175 kilowatt charger, and 100 kilowatts on a 100 kilowatt charger. This is the absolute maximum speed that can be achieved under perfect conditions and at the peak of the charge curve. If conditions are not ideal or you're at too high a state of charge, you'll get lower charge speeds. Remember though that this is a theoretical maximum charge speed under ideal conditions. In reality, these speeds will rarely, if ever, be achieved. And even if they are, it's just temporary. But don't let that put you off though. Most cars have an average charge speed figure listed in the specs or sales material. And this is a speed you should be looking at to get some sort of indication of how quickly you'll be able to charge. The final factor that plays into your charge speed is the actual charger unit itself. Not all chargers are created equal. You can take the same car to two different chargers and get speeds that are radically different. And this comes down to something we haven't mentioned yet, battery voltage. Your vehicle's battery will have a maximum voltage it can accept, and this is fixed. The I-Pace has a maximum voltage of 388 volts, the e-Nero 356 volts, the Porsche Taycan has 800 volts, and it doesn't take a great deal of imagination to realize that the higher the battery voltage, the higher the potential charge speed that can be achieved under ideal conditions. But the voltage itself is only part of the equation. Well, to get the full maximum charge speed, you need to factor in the current coming from the charger. 
When you're at a charger, have a look either down at the bottom or around at the back. You'll see a little rating panel. And on that, it will have a current rating. Knowing the maximum ampage of the charge unit coupled with the voltage of the battery can improve your charge speeds, all else being equal. As Tom Callow from BP Charge Master tweeted recently, a 125 kilowatt charger with a maximum output of 200 amps will charge a 400 volt battery at 80 kilowatts. A 150 kilowatt charger with a maximum output of 375 amps will charge a 400 volt battery at up to 150 kilowatts. That's quite a difference. A 25 kilowatt jump in charger power has almost doubled the potential maximum charge speed. Why is that? Well, it's all down to the calculation of power. It's simply amps multiplied by volts equals watts. In the first example, we have 200 amps times 400 volts to get 80,000 watts or 80 kilowatts. In the second, we had 375 amps times 400 volts to get 150,000 watts or 150 kilowatts. If we apply the same calculations to the 356 volt E Nero, the 200 amp charger will max out at about 72 kilowatts, but the 375 amp charger will max out at 133 kilowatts. However, the E Nero is limited to 77 kilowatts on those units, so it won't be able to take advantage of such high charge speeds. If there are units you regularly use and they appear to be giving you radically different charge speeds, it's worth looking at the unit spec plate and seeing what the rated amperage is for that unit. Doing the calculation as above might result in you seeing that one of the chargers is better than the other in terms of speed. In summary, it can seem that charge speeds are a little complicated. There are many factors to take into consideration and experience has shown you rarely get the maximum charge speed your car is specified to be able to achieve. Charge speeds are dependent on several factors, most of which are outside your complete control. But if you know the charge curve of your vehicle, arrive with a warm battery with as low a state of charge as you can, and use a charger with the highest possible ampage, you can be fairly certain of getting as high a charge speed for your vehicle as is possible under those circumstances. Time to share a cool, renewable or EV thing with your listeners. It seems that e-bikes are safer than manual pedal cycles. By conducting a survey of over 3,000 of its riders across Europe, insurance company Bigmo found that riders of electric bikes accounted for 38% fewer insurance claims compared to pedal bike riders on average. There could be any number of reasons for this, but uh, here are two that have been proposed. One, having an e-bike that can go faster than a pedal cycle is safer because you can keep pace with traffic, especially up hills, rather than being subject to impatient drivers trying to squeeze past you. Personal injury claims will decrease as a result. And secondly, having an expensive e-bike like this will cause you to take more care in securing it thereby reducing the amount of theft claims. As a result of the lower claims, Bigmo has reduced premiums for e-bike riders by about 25%. Absolutely the right way to go forward. The EV Musings podcast is sponsored by ZapMap, the go-to app for EV drivers in the UK, which helps that EV driver search, plan, and pay for their charging. ZapMap is free to download and use with subscription plans for enhanced features, such as using ZapMap in-car, on CarPlay, or Android Auto. And that's the show for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you want to contact me, use the EV Musings Twitter account, Musings EV. If you want a quick reference ebook to read on your Kindle, I wrote a little something called, So You've Gone Electric. 
It's available on Amazon worldwide for the measly sum of 99p equivalent and is a great little introduction to living with an electric car. And at the moment it's free on the Kindle Unlimited or if you're in the Kindle Lending Library. Check it out. Leave a review. Let me know what you think about it. Links for everything I've talked about in the podcast today are in the description. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. It's available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review as it helps raise our visibility and extend our reach in search engines. Thanks as always to my co-founder Simon. You know, he was telling me recently that his addiction to the video game Death Stranding is getting a bit too much. He's worked out that there's a cheat code that allows him to run without losing too much health, but it only lasts so long. Sure, you might get 100 miles of range in 10 minutes when you first connect, but you won't get 200 miles of range in 20 minutes. Thanks for listening. Bye.